Hi, everybody. Welcome to the containment unit. This is Janine Melnitz. What can I do for you? Put on your bunny slippers. It's slime for the Ghostbusters containment unit podcast with your hosts, Matt and Tom. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Containment Unit Podcast. We are so glad to be here with you. My name is Matt, and as always, with us is my man and yours, Tom Henry. Tom, how are you today? Hello, I'm well. Thank you for asking. We're going to say always for always, even though this is like the second time we've done this. Hey, we're, we're, we're veterans, but I see us going the distance with this thing. We're going to the distance and we're going for speed. Hey, hey, uh, so let's just keep chucking on. This is getting weird. Uh, But if you are new to the containment unit, make sure you find us on Facebook or on Instagram as the GB containment unit, the Ghostbusters containment unit. We have a pretty awesome group. At least I think so, Tom. Uh, And we'd love to have you. And maybe Tom will approve you. Maybe. I, I am, I rule with an iron fist, uh, but we love our group. Uh, we keep growing and growing and that's where we do all of our signings and our giveaways and all that fun stuff. So if you're not a Facebook person, uh, you can check us out on Instagram, uh, send us a message uh, and we'll, we'll get you hooked up. Yeah. And if you want to earn a very special place in my heart, then make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review on our Instagram, which speaking of which, thank you to the boy 92 Little Wask and J.K. Key, say that five times fast, for their reviews this past week. Uh, We really appreciate it. And right now, Tom, speaking of giveaways, if you subscribe, you are entered into a chance to win something very big. And Tell us what it is. It is physically big, and also it is big. If you subscribe to the containment unit on one of our podcast platforms, uh, you are entered to win an authentic Bill Murray autograph. Now, you're probably asking yourself, why are they giving away a Bill Murray autograph? Are you nuts? Uh, well, the answer is yes. But it's also, uh, it's on a like a, a print of a newspaper from his hometown. It's not an actual newspaper. It's a, it's a print of it. Uh, and it's very large. Um, it's a little bit crinkled, but the autograph is great. You can cut it uh, if you wanted to cut just that little article out. Um, and it's a, it's a perfect sit-down signature. So it's a really nice uh, kind of starter Bill Murray uh, autograph. It's a great piece. And all you have to do is subscribe to this podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or somewhere else, take a screenshot and post it in our group in the designated post. And you have a chance to win that autograph. Now, uh, while we're still at the beginning of this time, is this where we have to give, yes, have some, a shout out? Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, they did send us something to read. Um, so I'll give me just one second here while I pull that up. Um, okay. So I have a prepared statement from the offices of Monroe, Davis, and Paxton. Uh, YHS podcast and their creative entity, Walsh, Gardner, and Goldberg, reluctantly bring you the containment unit podcast. This choice was not an easy one and is made under sound body and mind. The views and commentary do not reflect YHS podcast and the opinions, content, and quality contained therein are the sole responsibility and should reflect the creators of the Ghostbusters Containment Unit podcast, Mr. Sanders and Mr. Henry alone. Are you sure they wanted us to read that? I'm less sure now, but what can you do? Okay. 
Well, let's just keep it moving. Uh, well, speaking of our friends at Yes Have Some, on their recent podcast, they talked about going back to conventions. And they were just recently at Days of the Dead, their first post-COVID convention. And they talked about awkward celebrity interactions at that con or cons in the past. And so, Tom, I was interested as you obviously going to conventions, a big part of what we do to meet celebrities and get autographs for our collection. Have you came into any awkward celebrity moments while you were at a con? Hmm. Awkward. Uh, well, Leah Thompson once told me that I was more attractive than the kid from the Hunger Games. Uh, hey. I know, right? And then I would have like fainted and then she would have come over and been like, wake up. And I'd be like, what year is it? Or whatever the line is. Uh, and uh, somebody, I, I won't name them, but somebody from Police Academy once, uh, I asked them to sign a specific place and a specific color on a bunch of items. And she just went off on me. And uh, she's like, you're directing me. You're more of a director than the director of the movies. And it was interesting to say the least. How about you? Anything awkward? Well, I've had, I have a couple that I think of. One, uh, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Woo! Uh, I was, he was at a convention here in Orlando and I could not see the price of his autographs. And so I, he had no line. And after I saw the price of his autograph, I figured out why there was no line. So I just simply walked up. He was talking to whoever was with him, whether it be his agent or manager or just assistant that day i walked up i saw the sign i just looked at the price and then i turned around and left and rick flair proceeded to go on and call me because this is a child-friendly show he called me an mfer and said yeah this mfer get out of here and i'm like oh okay that's kind of cool. a badge of honor <laughs> yeah honestly i i cherish that i i don't mind that too much um and then i had an interaction with uh riku browning who was the creature from the creature in the black lagoon, or the, at least in the first film, he was this one who swam and he got really mad at me. Cause he, I was, we talked about this, the last show, how we would take consignments and we would help people get stuff signed. And I was doing that for a couple people who wanted to add Riku to their collection. And he had photos on his table, but for whatever reason, the ink wasn't taking. And so it would bubble up and he got so mad at me because I asked him to sign a different paper, a uh, different photo with a different pen. And so he got really mad, really flustered with me and uh, basically asked me to leave his table. So that was a, that was a good time. Wow. You know, you hear these horror stories about certain people. Um, you know, Anthony Daniels comes to mind. Uh, if you bump his table, uh, that's, that's the end for you. You're doomed at that point. Uh, and some others, um, I guess I would say that overall, through all the cons I've been to, I've had relatively good experiences. Uh, LeVar mm -hmm. Burton, before I was really into cons all that much, LeVar Burton broke my heart. <laughs> and uh, he redeemed himself a couple years later. But yeah, man. Ooh. See, and I'm, I'm unique in that I've only had great experiences with Anthony Daniels. You are unique. Yeah, he, at one, one time he signed a photo for free for my son who was with me. And then uh, the next time, I mean, I, it did come with some begging, but I was able to get, and this may be a story for a whole nother episode, but I was able to get him to sign a quote 
which he does not do. So I, I was very proud of that. We should do this on a different show because I have had nothing but positive experiences with Peter Mayhew. Mm, not so much on my end. I guess we have not a topic so for another day. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's do that. We'll we'll put a pin in that. Put a pin in it. Yeah. Well, Tom, I think now would be a great time to introduce a new segment to the show where you and I kind of just talk through. We're all about autograph collecting. What are some new things we got in the mail or in our collection over the last week? We call this the mailbag, Tom. The mail's here. What is new for you since we last got together? Well, I need to ask a clarifying question. I didn't ask this earlier, but do pre-orders count? Or are we talking something that is only like I have received it, it is in hand? I will accept both. I, I think both are acceptable answers. Okay. Uh, well, today I spent a great deal of money and I pre-ordered uh, Orlando Bloom, who is doing his, his first uh, real private signing. I think he did one other con. Uh, and he is the last of the fellowship that I need on my Lord of the Rings poster. Uh, so so that's a big deal for you. It is. And he is a jerk. I forgot we're PG. He's not nice in person. And uh, uh, I saw him at Comic-Con a couple of years ago, San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, he stiffed me. So I'm happy to add him. Uh, and doesn't said, he have, sorry, doesn't he have uh, a really ugly like street signature, but then a bigger, more fuller private signature like or i sure down? hope so <laughs> i mean his signature uh that i've seen on the street is not nice so i, I hope he does something better for the money but i don't know time oh, will I tell so. uh so that went out today uh and another pre-order uh i actually ordered a while ago but i sent it out today was uh rosario dawson uh she is signing um you know star wars fans are going crazy for her because of the mandalorian i'm going crazy for her because of clerks 2 uh, this poster I started in 2006, uh, and it will finally be done with her. 14 years later, 15 years it, later. It wasn't like I was like every day trying to get it done, but I did start it in 06. So that's got to be satisfying, though. It is. Yeah, I'm in that that stage of my autograph collecting career where I just want to finish things and then um, not start new things starting something new yeah that's always a challenge especially in some of these franchises that have been around for a long time oh i know so it's i get it's, it it's tricky as far as things that showed up in the mail i only got one but it was nice uh oh and it was a uh harold ramos on a ghostbuster shop i hate you i know you. i mean i love you but i hate you hey you know what it just it was a uh, it was fated that i would find that and it was a uh, Crazy random happenstance. Yeah, and it's a great one. It's a great shot, too. So uh, I'm hopeful one day I will steal it from you. I'm sure and... you will. We have a deal to make here, all right? <laughs> That's true. Well, um, so I had a couple things come in. One, I have this sickness, this disease, Tom, where I have been trying to collect <sighs> – original production used storyboards from Ghostbusters. So I think they are, unfortunately, uh, but I, I've picked up a few. I had two more come in yesterday, uh, but the one that makes me laugh is it's the storyboard from the scene with, uh, again, trying to keep it child friendly, Tom, but the, the dream ghost and her very intimate 
uh, experience with Ray mm. in the dream sequence there. So that that's a that's a fun one that I added to the collection. I'll I'll post a picture of it in, in the group so everybody can kind of see that and enjoy that. But I've also been on quite the uh, through the mail hot streak. I've been getting back into that a little bit, sending autographs through the mail, TTM. And I got uh, Ed Asner back, which he's always phenomenal. I wanted him on an up eight by 10. John Rosengrant, which he's a lot of people are sending him in the mail because of Baby Yoda. But there's a really cool Jurassic Park shot that I got where he was inside the legs of the raptor. And so you Ooh. see him kind of wearing that like waiters. And then uh, Clive Revel, yeah. uh, he was the voice of the emperor in the original Empire Strikes Back. Um, and then lastly, I got a not so great success from Mel Brooks. I tried. I know you've been lucky. Some have been lucky, but I got his preprint. So I'll hold I've it been for any day. I've I've been historically lucky uh, through the mail, but everything I've sent out in the last six months has has either uh, disappeared off the face of the earth or not gone the way that I'd hoped. Yeah. No, I. No, you're right. You, and you, you got to risk it for the biscuit, as some people would say, Tom. You do. Uh, but at the same time, we'll, I think, do an episode on through the mail collecting and, and how that works and what does that look like. But, uh, you know, it, it's risky. And so you got to make sure you send something that you're, it's, you're okay risking. But yeah, uh, sometimes the payoff is huge. Someone was asking uh, last week or a couple weeks ago about sending something through the mail. And it had a bunch of signatures on it and they were going to risk it. I feel like it was to, they were going to try Bill Murray, I think. Um, yeah, that's what it was. Cause I, I got Bill Murray like 10 years ago and it popped up in my Facebook memories. And so I shared it in the group and uh, that was, that was lightning striking. It wasn't something you can regularly do. And, um, and then there was just some discussion about it, but yeah, unless you're willing to lose the item, don't, don't send it. Not, not through the mail, unless it's for a sure thing. Like you've got permission. Do not. Yeah, I've tried Bill Murray a few times when he was on his tour for his mm -hmm. album. And every venue I sent to return a sender. So he's not easy. He ain't. But every, lightning strikes. So you just got to be lucky like Tom Henry. Well, it, Tom, the other thing I wanted to ask before we get into the interview this week, which I'm really excited for is just to kind of give people a little bit of a background. I'm not looking to take a whole lot of time, but I would just love to know two things. One, how did you get into Ghostbusters fandom? Like how and when did you become a fan? And then how did that manifest itself in autograph collecting? How did that start? What did that look like? How did you get to be the goat when it comes to Ghostbusters autograph collecting that you are today? Am I the goat? I don't know. I think um, Ghostbusters autographs, actually, it's, it's interesting. Uh, autographs in general came after Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, it was just, I, I don't remember how. It just has always been a part of my life. So probably the cartoon was the gateway, possibly the first film. I remember seeing the, the second movie on opening day and going to Toys R Us and picking up some toys after that. Um, but I had already liked it at that point. I was wearing Ghostbusters gear in kindergarten. But as far as the autograph hobby, uh, when I was growing up, my uncle would take me to the library and 
they had these address books for celebrities and you could write to celebrities. And so he was like, here, have a hobby kid. And uh, I would write letters to celebrities, you know, then I would get a lot of in, in hindsight, preprints and such like Arnold Schwarzenegger and whatnot, but I'd write these letters to celebrities and I'd get these autographs in the mail. And so I was like nine. And then that translated to my grandmother taking to me to my first convention. It was a Star Trek convention and Scotty was there from the original Star Trek and he flirted with my grandmother and uh, it was, Say what? yeah, he flirted. He called my grandmother Lassie. She still talks about it. She's 94 years old. She talks about it to this day about how Scotty <laughs> flirted with her. I still have the photo that I got signed and then it kind of snowballed from there, but I didn't get my first Ghostbusters autograph until like, I mean, we're talking nine. So that was like 94 until well into the early 2000s and I had picked up a because you couldn't print photos or anything right I found a mm-hmm. Ghostbusters 8x10 photo and I sent it to Dan through the mail and I it got signed by Dan and then I, I risked it for the biscuit and I sent it to Harold and it came back and and then that kind of that Harold coming back kind of got me got me going how yeah. about you you have some well, amazing childhood <laughs> Ghostbusters photos I do. And I have, I'm trying so hard. I have a VHS of uh, myself as a childhood Ghostbusters fan and my sixth birthday where the Ghostbusters came to my house and the party and it's this video somewhere. I'd love to find it and share it. But I, I just remember I was born in 84 and my earliest memories are of my obsession with Ghostbusters and Batman 89. I was a big Batman guy. So I had toys and figures of all those guys growing up in Orlando, the going to the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Spooktacular at Universal Studios, the show that they did. I remember that and buying flight suits from Universal that I would wear all the time. Um, and, And so just as early as I can remember, I was always a Ghostbusters guy. Uh, Autograph collecting, I think for me, it's, and this is what I love about what we're doing. I think it's all about history. Like I collect autographs because it's a little piece of history. It's a piece of the, these movies that's tangible for me to hold on to and keep from these movies that I love. So, um, you know, it started, it started all the way back for me. I used to collect basketball cards. I used to go to basketball games to get them signed. And then the, beautiful thing about living in Orlando too is that Hollywood studios we would have Star Wars weekends and they would have the Star Wars cast and crew there and they would sign free autographs and so that is what kind of got me started on the Star Wars thing several years ago but then I'm like well why don't I have Ghostbusters stuff and I met this guy Shifty Henry and he had this Ghostbusters stuff that I wanted and so then I started to pick up what I could, got through the mail, what I could. And then it's been an obsession, dare I say, illness that I've had since. And now yeah, I'm picking got it up. Bad. I do. <laughs> and I don't know if I should take credit or feel shame about how deep I'm starting to get with some of this stuff. Some of these names that I'm getting that none of us ever thought we'd care about, but like janitor, from the set of Ghostbusters 2. I need them in my collection. That's how sick I am. I, I've gone a lot deeper with the names as a result of, of you going deep with those names than I thought that I would. I never thought that I would have Rhoda 
Geminagi in my collection, but hey, here we are. Uh, it, it's tough to collect Ghostbusters because, you know, Bill's tough and Harold's impossible and Rick's tough and Sigourney's, I mean, right now impossible. It's just like, but it's fun to collect those smaller names too and, and recognize those folks, you know, for their contribution. For sure. For sure. And, and, and part of what I love about these films are are the ghosts and the creatures and the effects. And so getting to know and become friends with Mark Brian Wilson and Robin Shelby and, and all these people who made and brought these ghosts to life and trying to collect their autographs, that's been really fun too. So that that's part of what I love about this and which really fuels what we're doing today. So um, with that, uh, I think a big part of all of us who are about the same age, mid to late thirties, we would all say some of the gasoline that fueled our Ghostbusters fire was the cartoon real Ghostbusters. I watched it religiously. Tom, I'm, I'm guessing the same for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people tend to forget that before Ninja Turtles came onto the scene, uh, Ghostbusters was where it was at. It was huge, real Ghostbusters in the late 80s. Huge. That with the Kenner toy line. Yeah. It was amazing. And so for so many of us, the real Ghostbusters was a big deal, which is why we're super excited to bring to you this week's interview with someone who is relatively new to the signing circuit. Someone who hasn't really done a lot of interviews like this. Tom, why don't you share with us who today's amazing interview is with? Well, you know, if you look at our history, we, we've done only movie-related stuff and, and really only the first, uh, first two movies. And, uh, you know, RGB means a lot to us and we know it means a lot to you. And so, um, you know, this week we are bringing you an exclusive chat with the original OG Janine herself, Laura Summer. Uh, along with this conversation is Laura's first ever private autograph signing. Now she's, she signed for uh, the Cryptozoic cards and she signed for, uh, you know, some private D groups, um, you know, not like a huge private signer or whatever. She signed some autographs here and there. Um, and so it took a lot of work uh, to nail it down, um, but we got her. We did. We got one. <laughs> and that's my best Janine. Uh, fortunately, Laura can do a much better Janine. And thank you to Laura for helping us with creating the opening to our podcast. Yeah, that's her. If you guys didn't know, the opening is is actually Laura Summer, and she recorded that for us. So I guess it's spoilers if you've listened to any of the other episodes. Yeah, and so if you are interested in picking up a signed piece for your collection by Laura Summer, or would like to send something in, make sure you check us out either on our Facebook group or on Instagram for more information on how to get your order in and make sure you do so. I don't know when they're listening to this podcast, but do so relatively soon because we don't want you to miss out because we don't know when she'll be signing like this again. So as we get to our interview, Tom, what is the one piece of advice that we want to leave every single fan and collector with this week? 
you know, I was once told when I asked somebody for advice about what to do when I was an adult, they said, you know, kid, go out there and be a good person because there's not enough of them out there. And I've, I've taken that to heart. Uh, so how do we translate that into Ghostbusters terms? Well, uh, what we want to tell you is simply don't be a peck. All right. There's enough pecks out there. You know, be a Venkman, be a, be a stance, mm. you know, be an Egon. Don't be a peck. And with that, here's our interview with Laura Summer. Laura, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you guys doing? I'm doing okay. Doing okay, Tom? How are I'm, you? I'm, I'm great. I'm happy to be here. This Me is, too. Uh, 30, 35-ish years of, uh, of life experience led to this moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. Watch well, it. and so for those who are watching who may not know, yeah. Laura, you play a very important, very special character uh, for us in the Ghostbuster franchise. You play Janine in the original real Ghostbusters. That's right. I'm Janine Melnitz OG. <laughs> exactly. And so we, we know that you, you voice so many different characters, but how did you get connected to the real Ghostbusters? Um, I had just come out to Los Angeles. I had done a lot of commercials in New York and I called up my old, uh, one of my old commercial agents who was somewhere and he said, come on over. And he sent me to some place and uh, in the Valley and they gave me a paragraph to read and they didn't want a New York accent or anything. They and I just sort of was like, hello, Ghostbusters. You know, it was like that. And then about a week later, he said, congratulations, you just got 65 episodes. And I didn't really know what it was, you know, like cartoon, yay. <laughs> but at the time, I did, first of all, it was the first cartoon animation audition I ever had and it sounded great. So uh, I showed up and they, first director they fired that it was a very long day and then they said you know what can you do a new york accent and i said well yeah so that's how that's how janine melnitz was born and so uh from your first episode I, i'm assuming that was the pilot um did, did janine for you evolve how did you find her voice over the episodes that you did i just really did my mother I mean, I grew up in Queens. My mother's from Brooklyn and I really just did a version, not exactly, but I just, you know, of people I heard in my life and it just sort of, it was very easy for me. I mean, I had done a lot of, at the time, commercials, a lot of dumb blonde kind of silly kind of gals. And Janine really isn't that, but vocally, I'd already started to play with my voice. And um, so it really, it just sort of really was very easy. It was good. I wasn't from, you know, Idaho or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny to me because we uh, have met with Ernie Hudson a couple of times and uh -huh. how, and maybe you've heard the story, how Ernie Hudson auditioned to be the voice of Winston Zeddemore, but the studio said he didn't sound enough like the original actor. It yeah. Nobody <laughs> told me because really they gave me the first day, they gave me the cassette of my audition cassette. I mean, I'm dating myself, I am dating myself, but um, so they gave that to me to listen to. 
and they play when you, they always play what you did in your headphones. Well, I don't, I don't think, I think they played in the room. I don't think we, I have those headphones, by the way, the white ones. Um, <laughs> I always feel like they're ice skates on my ears, right? Yep. Um, they played it for me and um, it was just kind of my own voice and uh, sweet, sweet, or maybe slightly younger. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. And uh, then they evolved to the, uh, you know, changing to figure out what would work. But it wasn't like, can you do it like the girl in the movie? I hadn't seen the movie. So mm. at the time. And so and as she evolved is when they wrote for her. I mean, I don't know. Is Janine in the pilot? I think so. She, yeah. But she just probably mm -hmm. has a couple yeah, lines. Yeah, just a small, small. Yeah. yeah, like, hello, Ghostbusters. Hello, Ghostbusters. You know, but um so, and they didn't use just one writer. So there were uh, different writers who would come in and some really, a couple of them decided to really write something for her. And I think I never watched a show later, but I, I imagine that as the years went on, they got, she got to get, get out of the house a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the cartoon uh, definitely gives Janine a lot more to do than she has in the movies. In the movies, oh. she's she almost like a prop. Uh, but in the cartoon, she gets in there and she, you know, gets she in on the action. Up. Yeah, yeah. She suits well, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really fun. And you don't get the scripts in advance usually or anything. It's just kind of they give it to you. It, uh, you can kind of read through it really quick and you go. You have to perform it. Yeah. When you would record, would it be in a group setting or would you record yes. individually? So you were with... Uh, uh, Lorenzo Music, yeah. Maurice LaMarche, Arsenio Hall, Frank yeah. Welker. Frank yeah. Welker. And then... Our, um, Lorenzo is no longer with us, but uh, he was the voice of Garfield. And then I got cast on the Garfield show and Frank Welker can do is who is doing Garfield now, who sounds so much like Lorenzo. And I stood out, my call time was like a two and they had started at noon and I stood outside the door and the light was on. So that means the red light don't go in, but you could hear Frank Welker doing Garfield and I thought Lorenzo would have liked that because he yeah. was they were very fond of each other and respected each other and it was the it was a really good call I, I've, I've had the fortune of meeting everyone outside of Lorenzo and Arsenio but I mean everyone's so funny how, how was it on the set like did you guys get work done because it yeah, seems well, like you guys would have a, a lot of we fun we did a lot of massages and uh I remember <laughs> and um you know yeah it, it you're in a room first of all you're not on a like a stage or anything you're in a recording studio and everybody has a chair or a stool and you're just sitting uh next to each other and um the first show i think the reason why they got rid of that director took eight hours and i had never done one so i didn't know anything and i remember lorenzo saying it's not usually like this and i was like okay you know i was like and um i was happy to be there as i still try to bring to every job of course now it's mostly in my closet but um which is my little recording studio um and um because we're still not open here in Los Angeles where people want to go into record, you know, there, there is some work being done that way, but if you can work from home, it's just safer. Sure. It's interesting that you, you mentioned the, the Lorenzo music and then the, the connection to, to Frank, because 
you know, uh, Dave Coulier ended up replacing Lorenzo. And I wonder if in a different universe, if Frank Welker would have could have done Venkman as well, you know, because Venkman and uh, the Garfield character, the voices are so similar. So it's interesting that. Hmm. You think? Um, uh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lorenzo just did Lorenzo. Oh, that was just him? <laughs> yeah. That's how he talked. He was a producer first. He was a producer and then on the Rhoda show, which was after the Mary Tyler Moore show for all you big TV fans, he was Carlton the doorman. But he was, a, he was the producer of the show and they said they needed a voice for the doorman. And he had been a performer too and um, a musician. And, um, but he was one in a million. And it's interesting, too, because if I'm wrong, maybe I, if I'm not wrong, and maybe I am, but <laughs> didn't Bill Murray end up voicing Garfield? Yes. He did the movie of Garfield. Yeah. So yeah. it's like all the Peter Bankmans working together and playing <laughs> yeah. the same. Well, right. But but that's on the feature of the, cart, of right. the of Garfield. Yeah. Right. So I don't know that Frank Welker has ever met. I have no idea. You'd have to ask. <laughs> but Frank's does everything. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Janine in relation. Like you have a large body of work and you voice many, many characters over the years. So as far as characters that you uh, that you hold high regard for, your favorites, where does Janine rank in the work that you've done? Well, you know, I guess what it was really fun. And um, then when things went south um was it it was sort of in the it was it was in the los angeles times and about how they changed how she looked and she was trashy i mean all this kind of crazy stuff and um and it, if i recall they kind of told me well yeah there were complaints about her look and um I never heard about the pointy glasses or she was too aggressive. I think they just made that up as they went along. Um, but the, uh, you know, there was some, so, so, and somebody said, well, I guess we should change the voice instead of letting me just go back to my, how I auditioned or something. Um, so that's sort of what happened, but I don't even remember if I was ever told or how, cause I did 65 episodes and I think I did another 13 so I, I, and I remember Lorenzo and I went to lunch or something and we were commiserating, but, you know, to me, I, I like, it just didn't feel very good. Um, so I didn't really talk about Janine very much. I mean, I just went on and did other stuff and um, I really got into ADR where you don't have to audition. They just ask you to show up. And I thought, I really like this. And um, so I sort of made my own way and in, in my career. And um, the um, I've only recently embraced her again because of the fans. I mean, she's so, and everybody goes, oh, you're the, the real Janine. Well, I never listened to any of the other. I mean, at some point they even asked me to come back and do ex extreme uh, to audition for it and I did and they told me I had the job and then I didn't do the job and that's just showbiz you know it's just yeah. you know uh, it's just one of those things so I didn't really talk about it but now I do you know um, because 
it's so beloved and it's, you know, I'm, I'm think they should do a reboot. I mean, they are rebooting everything else and the maniacs and I know all those people and they're all <laughs> doing them again. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, um, who knows? Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, fans that have hoped for that as well, you know, like a Netflix reboot or something along those lines. Something. It yeah. would be really fun. I mean, uh, you know, I would hope to be uh, asked to come back or audition or something. I mean, I certainly do Janine, but, you know, the voice. Yeah. And it, it, Matt, I don't know about you, but like I was obviously way into real Ghostbusters. I and I, I'm not just saying this because we're talking with you, Lauren. I mean, no disrespect. I don't think I've ever seen an episode with the other Janine. Like when I, when I see Janine in my head, it's always pointy glasses and sassy Janine. Sassy Janine. Yeah. I, yeah. I do get told that, you know, I never watched the show. The other two actresses are terrific actresses. I mean, I, I know them in passing. Um, and um, so I never watched or anything like that, but all the, and I wasn't really active on social media like I am now just this year because of COVID, I guess. I mean, I had a, I had a Twitter account, but it was private. <laughs> you know, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> and I, I didn't really get it. And, um, but I love that Laura on Instagram and, and on uh, Twitter, like L-O-V-E, love that Laura. Um, and so a lot of fans have sort of found me through you know, and they always say, you know, what are they going to say? Right. They say, you're the best. You know, <laughs> I stopped watching. I've, I've heard that from the Scotland, uh, the, the guys in Scotland. They said, I just didn't watch it after. But I think the show's probably lost a lot of bite. Yeah. Well. I would think, I would think so. Yeah. We, Tom and I have talked about how, in regards to a reboot, there's so many scripts that have been written over the years for different Ghostbusters films and stuff like that. We would just love for the voice actors to come back and put, make those scripts into a, to a show. We just think that would be a fun way to. That's a great idea. Well, that. you know, the tweet it out to the powers that be, you know, that Michael Straczynski is still around and, you know, I don't know about the other people or Sony or who, who owns it. I don't, I don't really know, but. I can answer the call. <laughs> I don't know. I, I maybe they like our. That's like our harebrained idea, but but we like it. Um, and it's it's interesting you talk about nostalgia because that's where our whole group and our whole thing comes from. Is you know here we are years later and we're still talking about these movies and the, and this cartoon. So from your perspective, like talking about it this many years later, does it? Are you are you surprised to be having this conversation with us about Ghostbusters? Well, the franchise, I didn't, I didn't know about franchises then. I mean, I've been part of Garfield and uh, Digimon, which is anime, but it's a big franchise too, uh, 20 years. Um, you know, and nostalgia is so big. I don't know that when I was doing it, I was thinking, you know, about any of it. And, but I know it's, you know, there are Ghostbuster groups all over the world all over the world. I mean, I could go all over the, you know, in every city there's Ghostbusters and they, a lot of them do charity work. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't know any of that because it wasn't like I was, I was really quiet about it. I'm not quiet now about it. Now I'm talking about it, but I didn't talk about it for a really long time. <laughs> so uh, we, we talked about earlier how 
the nostalgia is so strong and the love for this cartoon is so strong that the Ghostbusters YouTube channel has started to bring the show back on Saturday mornings. And so I watched episode one with my youngest son uh, this oh, wow. past weekend. And so that, that's fun for me to relive it and watch it through his eyes. Uh, and I learned that you are not only Janine in that episode, that you are a ghost named Snarg. Do you remember and that? I do. I do. Because it was the first episode and I didn't know that you, that they could ask you to do other voices. <laughs> I really had no idea. And um, that they actually can ask you to do three voices. And I was so uh, worried that it would be, um, it would sound, they would sound different, but I actually just redid my demo. Everybody has to have a, a demo of their work. It's like a business card. And I thought, oh, let me hear that. And I pulled it up and it's very annoying. So I didn't use it, but, and it's very high, right? Snarg. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I did that. Is there any other ghosts that you did that you, you remember enjoying? To, I don't it remember seems like they're anything. so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember yesterday. Um, you know, uh, I do, we do a lot of, you know, you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff too, you know, and if that had to be done or incidentals or people shouting out, but as far as, you know, like villains or there weren't that many women on Ghostbusters. So oh. they usually brought in somebody to, uh, to do it. But one of my challenge to do both parts the first time first first show yeah i loved on um, your credits for the show it's also werewolves and so it's just like simple things like that that oh. they had you oh. guys do oh that's funny that you there was a credit yeah I, di I didn't know i really didn't know yeah so it, you know 2020 was obviously really tough uh for everybody on the planet uh you mentioned uh, you know you're recording uh, studio is kind of in your closet. Is that a reaction to, to COVID-19 uh, COVID and how did that change? How did voice acting uh, fare throughout that? Uh, the pandemic? Well, I heard somebody say we're the cockroaches of the entertainment industry because the work continued, you know, maybe not the first minute, but if uh, the work did continue and um, like I just did a show for Disney and um, Disney plus that, um, I was supposed to do on a set, you know, ADR and which is additional dialogue replacement. And um, you had to have your setup at home, but that meant not just like a, a USB mic, which you plug into your computer like this right here. I have a setup with an interface and headphones and you have to have two screens so you could see the, the picture and um, another uh, uh, like a laptop to link with the studio. And so the work has continued. And for people on the big shows, um, the studios help set them up, you know, so they could work from home and treat their space, treating to make it soundproof. There's a lot of videos on that. I, I'm like technically <laughs> an idiot. So I've had a lot of help from other actors and friends. Do you look forward to getting back into the studio and, and uh, sure, because you miss the camaraderie, you know, mm -hmm. you, you can hear everyone and this particular job, I could hear the other people. And I only knew one of the there were four of us and I only knew the guy, but the two girls I didn't know. So I never knew who was talking. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's going to be a while, though. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, you had you had promoted where we can find you on Instagram and Twitter at love that Laura. 
where else, if we were looking to see you or hear you, where else could we, we do that nowadays? Well, I've been doing a lot of the ADR is more of an anonymous kind of it's a secret club. And um, <laughs> so it's not like it's not like you would hear me, but I do think Digimon's coming back. I know there's a reboot for that show and for the fans of anime. They, you know, there is some crossover between animation and anime fans. And I'm Potamon, for those of you who don't know. And um, everybody loves Potamon. Potamon is just the joyous little bird ham. It's like a flying hamster character <laughs> boy. And um, he's really fun to play. So I'm on those shows. That's awesome. Well, that's well. Again, Laura, thank you so much for joining so us. Thank welcome. you for taking your time out of your day to you. to relive some of our favorite television and <laughs> one of our favorite characters in the franchise. And uh, and we're thankful that we get the opportunity to offer a signing with you. your first ever. Yes, first ever, ever in our group. Yes, too. That's yeah. right. We better so, not screw it up, Matt. Yeah, uh, better not screw it up. We have we have papers between us. <laughs> right. Well, goodbye, everybody. I don't know what voice that is because that's not Janine either. (laughs) It's been a while. All right. Are you troubled by autograph forgeries online? Do you collect spores, molds, and Ghostbusters memorabilia? Have you or your family been looking for a safe place to go to add to your collection? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Check out the containment unit on Facebook, Instagram, or visit us at ghostbustersautographs.com. 